0: Welcome to the latest episode of Platform Podcast. Today's episode is Mike McMullen. You may not be familiar with Mike unless you've watched the recent Sunday Brunch videos but I guarantee you'll be familiar with his work. Over the years, he has worked with some of the biggest brands in blading. He designed skins for Valo. I'm not sure which ones, but I'm gonna find out in this episode. And he was also responsible for helping design the launch of them skates. From what I understand, John Hilliard approached him to do the branding. So I'm pretty sure he came up with like the font and the idea to use the four wheels and the initial blue that they went with. I also know that he's done considerable work with Sunday Brunch. I think they've had three full-length videos so far, at least through three full-length videos. And they've had their own clothing line, and they've had their own skate with them skates. So Mike has done a bunch of stuff. I also know he came up in the Atlanta scene, so I don't know at which point he moved to California. But again, something else to find out. And years ago, if you remember Blogspot, uh, Lonnie Gallegos had one from when he was working on the Fade Nation series and he put up a photo of someone that had defaced the Antihero Skateboard's headquarters and it was, th- I can't remember what the logo was, but basically it was their it was their logo and he'd spray painted wheels at the bottom to make it look like rollerblades. I'm pretty sure Mike McMullen is responsible for that, although I haven't had it confirmed. I did have a like, little bit of a nosy around his Instagram earlier. And he does have that image on there, so I'm willing to bet he's the man responsible. So I want to find out about that. I'm also curious to know what other brands he's worked with, because I know he's worked with John Starr and various things over the years. So I think he might have had some involvement in other companies in blading. So yeah, loads to chat about. Before that though, cue the music.
1: Yo. That is like look, I should have worn that one. We could have matched. I can
0: go put it on. No, now we're just advertising the whole range. Um this this episode's sponsored by them. I'd just like to thank them for hooking me up. Yeah, exactly. All I had to do was go on their website, buy something, and they just sent it to me. It was the, it was the best hookup ever. Amazing. <laughs>
1: I've, I've got a stack like you know of all of them which with having a new baby i'm just like popping a fresh shirt every morning like, here we go here's the next
0: one just just getting yeah that's what was congratulations so you've you've got a son now is that right
1: i do we had our son um last sunday august 21st so it's super exciting it was a um uh, stressful few days at the hospital um had like kind of crazy birth but everything else has been fantastic like our pregnancy was amazing uh the birth was a little scary but everyone's safe baby's home he's killing it he's like sleeping really well he's super happy so can't complain
0: wow that's what i was going to say you don't even look remotely broken for the first year and a half my daughter was born i'd, I'd be lucky if like there was, there were some nights she slept like for 45 minutes at a time. I was like, I'm going to die.
1: Yeah. We're going through a little bit of that. Uh He sleeps like a champion all day. And then from like midnight to like 5 AM the past, like uh maybe four or five days, he's just been up and like, he's not crying. He's just up and like, why, you know, like doing stuff. And we're like, no right. uh last night he slept from 10 30 till three 30 in the morning, which was bliss. So okay. that's probably why I look a little fresher than I had the last few days.
0: Right. Yeah. I just, yeah. For that, like first year, I just looked like I was on a come down from like the, the most insane party ever for like, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I, I would drive to work and be like, don't know how I got here. Do not, yeah. do not remember the journey here at all. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'm going through a little bit of it. It's like, uh, I just started a new job too. So all this stuff happened kind of at once. And, um, I'm like, well, I'll get up in the middle of the night to take him to like change him or something, and wake up in the morning, and my wife would be like, "Oh yeah, thanks, you know, for handling that that changing at like whatever two or three a.m." And I'm like, "What? When did I got I got up?" And she was like, "Yeah, you got up." But it's uh-huh. it's like you know it's such a I hate to be cliche it's it's so joyful it's so blissful like I'm 40 years old so to wait till I was 40 to have a kid um, feels right you know. Like, I can't complain. I'm not like, oh, I'm missing out on my party days or like, you know, going skating or anything. I'm I'm totally ready for it.
0: This is true. See, yeah, like we we had our kid like in our mid thirties and everyone was still kind of going out and stuff. And we both were like, God, we've been left behind by our friends. Like they've just <laughs> given up on us. But yeah you've, yeah, you've you've definitely reached the better end of it. Although when your kid's legal and you want to take him out for a drink, you're going to be in your sixties, man.
1: That's right. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm going to look like a wizard. That's what I'm going for. I'm going for all white beard, all white hair. I just want to look like, uh, what's his name from Harry Potter? But that's what I'm going for. What's what's the Harry Potter wizard's name? Yeah.
0: Really? This is this is the disturbing point where I am. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm,
1: I'm not big on uh, the I've whole never, thing. Yeah, that's I what I want to look
0: like. I don't know any of the characters. I know Harry. I've never watched <laughs> Harry Potter um well i hope i achieve at
1: at 60 i hope i look like a wizard that's what i'm going for
0: okay well you know you've already got the beginnings of the hippie look down you've got the long hair and the beard so you know i can't i can't quite rock that look but you know (laughs) if if i could i would um i also saw that kevin dowland's already been to visit man he is he is efficient
1: yeah yeah well you know um kevin had to be out here for uh an award ceremony that he was a part of um, uh, right. for location uh, awards, which in 2018 he came out and took me as his date. So uh, he brought his he brought his wife this time, which I was a little jealous. But you know, I told her she had to live up to how good I looked with him in the photos. Uh, and so, she has to put out. So you know, she has to <laughs> she has to get him drunk yeah. and
0: she has to have sex with him, just like you did. Otherwise, yeah, disappointment. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. What put out? It's it's important for a date. Yeah, they were they randomly were just uh here for that. And you know, Kevin hit me up a few days before or like a week or two before was like, I'm gonna be there for this um, you know, award show. And we like our son was born a week late from our due date. So I it was it was really pushing it. I mean, he they got to meet him and he was like six days old, which was incredible. I was there when Kevin's son was born uh I was there and got to see him the first day so it was a nice exchange that like Kevin's son is 16 now which is or yeah 16 which is fucking crazy to me yeah yeah it was good it was good for him and Brielle to be able to see our son and you know like exchange that moment it was really lovely
0: does that mean he saw your son before your families did?
1: But he's my family, you know, that's my brother. Kevin's been my little brother since we were, I don't know, I think we met in 96. So him, Walt and I have all been friends since like 1996. So he's, he's their family.
0: That's what I was going to ask because I knew you were from Atlanta originally but I didn't know how far back you went like I didn't know if you were like that generation or if you'd started skating with like because obviously I remember like when I started it was like Frankie Lascavio making the edits that would appear in like VG and stuff like that and then obviously um, Andy Cruz and like Tom Heiser yeah. and those guys but yeah.
1: Those well, funny, funny tie in there. Um, So I moved to, I actually started skating in North Carolina. I grew up in Asheville, North Carolina, which now there's a pretty great skate scene there. I think, um, you know, Krav and uh my buddy, Eric Piper, who actually grew up with me in Atlanta as well. There's a bunch of dudes in, in Western North Carolina that skate now that um are in Asheville, but I started skating there at uh, like 93, 94. It was like my first times, like doing a practice rail or something, you know, grinding a curb. Um, and then my family moved from North Carolina to Atlanta and I was living like my, my house in, uh, in Georgia was right behind my high school. And I went to my high school all summer long to skate the benches in the front of the high school. And randomly met Walt one day. I, I I roll up and Walt's like just zooming past, doing alley porn stars like you know grinding like better than anybody I'd met so far on skates. And I was like, "Who's this guy?" And we started hanging out. And he introduced me to Kevin. So we've we've known each other for a really long time. But with um we we ended up meeting uh, Tom and Andy and Frankie and. Funny story, Frankie actually wrote my recommendation letter for art school. He graduated from the same art school that I went to in Atlanta. And I studied under the same professor as him. So him and Tom Heiser both went to Atlanta College of Art, and that's where I graduated from. So they were a huge influence on me to go to art school um, and were a big part of it. So me working at Skatepile with those guys was like a huge part of getting into art school and and having that push. so yeah, we've been tied together with all those guys for so long.
0: Okay, that, right. So you've worked at Skatepile. John Starr's worked. At, is there anyone that's like been through the Atlanta scene that hasn't worked there?
1: I mean, everybody kind of did because when it started, um, you know, it was like the skate scene in Atlanta was Tom, Andy, and Frankie. And when we, when we kind of came up, they were like our older brothers, because those guys are just a couple years older than me. So they kind of like raised us up, showed us the scene. And when Skatepal first started, it was just a small shop inside of uh, a skate park. And you know it was an online thing. And then when they expanded and like we got bigger, they hired all of us. We were like, you know, Walt was, uh, we call him a pack monkey. He would just climb up the shelves in the back and like grab t-shirts off the top. And like, I was working customer service. so. You know, half of the role waiting scene uh, at that time, I was talking to on the phone, I talked to Broscow and farm and like all those guys would be calling in ordering stuff or their, you know, people's parents would call and you'd see the last name, and you're like, Oh, my God, that's, you know, so's mom or dad on the phone with me. So um, everybody who came through the scene uh, ended up, you know, kind of getting a part time job, we were all in the back, putting together physics frames, like an assembly line you know, it was, a, it
0: was a community thing, which was awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. Also for, I always kind of just think of Atlanta as having like a big scene, cause it had such a history and cause it featured in so much kind of media over the years. Like, you know, the hoaxes, the VGs, yeah. the USD tour videos, the, you know, um, oh God, what was the event that they always had? Uh, oh, my mind's just gone blank. It's not better cold. It's a, uh, what was that called? Super Oh, yeah, Superdict.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah,
0: those were great. Um, Wow. I, I was like, I'm not going to remember this. And <laughs> so it's like, you kind of made it sound as if it was quite a small scene, but it's, it's produced some, like, incredibly memorable, internationally known figures. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like, J-Bob, like, his mom used to drop him off with me and Kevin for, like, the day. She'd just be, like, he was, I don't know, I don't even know, like, maybe Julian was, like, Fourteen or fifteen, and she'd just drop him off with me and Kevin, and like we'd go to the skate park. We take him with us places, or like you know, Sizemore dude. Sizemore was like tiny at the skate park. Like there's some there's some legendary people that came out of it. too. I think to me it felt small up until we started doing the things like super dick. Because then then we were letting people in, you know. Yeah. And then the whole scene started to come to Atlanta um, which really, really opened things up. But, um, you know, we had a great relationship with all the guys who skated in North Carolina, like Dre and, and Penny, and all the guys from Charlotte, Joe Dobson, uh, Yeah, because like
0: Ma- Bo-, Bo, Gordon and all those guys were yeah. coming through as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we, we had a really good relationship early on with them. And it was almost more like, uh, like the South rather than Atlanta to me. Right. It was like, cause we'd get guys that come from Tennessee, um, guys from, from Bama, Trace Taylor, Rod Thompson, Dunkel, uh, you know, all the North Carolina and South Carolina guys. So it really kind of felt like we had our own scene, which we weren't trying to be rivals of the West coast, but you know, we did, we weren't California. So yeah, we, we kind of thought of it, like, I thought of it as like a small scene until it really opened up, but Atlanta itself, um, I mean, shit. we. of of like the 10 or 12 guys that we skated with regularly it felt it felt small but now it doesn't now it seems like it's huge
0: yeah yeah I always I always kind of wondered what the dynamic of that was like because I've like I've got family from America and I've visited the states and different states are like different countries like you know you know I've been to New York which is very urban and fast-paced and feels incredibly like first world and modern but then i've also been to the bible belt and like had i've got family that live in like omaha nebraska and stuff like that which basically feels like you know traveling back in time like 10 15 years compared to like like it feels like a a, just a bigger version of scotland it's like scotland with massive Wendy signs it's not like it doesn't feel like america (laughs) at all Um, and that's a pretty good description and there's like Uh, churches everywhere so i just kind of wonder what it was like because With Atlanta being so like metropolitan and urban and like quite a lot going on. And then all these guys coming from like presumably much smaller, more rural, like small town areas. Like what, what was that like when they flooded into the city? Because that must have been quite eye opening for them as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Atlanta's got such good skate spots. So I think it was just kind of like, that was the easy one to get to for everybody. I think Charlotte has really good skate spots too, and and so did Bama and Mississippi and Tennessee, everywhere. Um, But I think Atlanta had, this seems to be like something that's happening now too. Um, So it's like kind of a good correlation, but having a skate shop makes the scene grow. Because if you can come into town, and all your shits broke down your, you know, you got, you know, janky wheels and you need new frames. And like, you can go somewhere and go to the shop and get some new stuff or maybe get put on flow or whatever. It's like, I think having skate Pile drew everybody in and Tom and Andy did such a good job of being sort of like the recruiters and me and Kevin and Walt and Kurt and, you know, all the other guys were more like the uh like welcoming committee, you know, because we were the ones yeah. that were gonna like take them out and you know take them to spots. But I think, you know, Tom and Andy and those guys really made it so that when people visited, they had like, they wanted to go to pocket you know, you'd stop at the shop, you know, everyone was eager to get something for free or go in the back and see what they could, you know pick out or, you know, it's, I think that really helps the scene grow. And what I'm seeing now is LA with us having the Vim shop, it's like people come here and they're like, oh shit, I can like try on skates. I can, you know, put on a t-shirt and see how it fits. And, And it really makes like a skate shop is such an essential thing. That's when I first moved to Atlanta, um, I think it was like, maybe just Andy and Frankie worked at this skate shop called asphalt flight school. There's an ad for it in one of the older VG's and it's like, or maybe not an ad for it. There's an ad for it. It's like a K2 ad where, uh, like Andy and Tom are skating this like little wooden mini ramp inside of a shop. Okay. Um, so when I first moved to Atlanta, my, I, all I knew was folks too. I knew the Bell South rails. I knew like, you know the box rails there, and I begged my dad like we drove into the city. Take me by those rails. I want to see it. Take me to Asphalt Flight School. I bought my very first issue of Daily Bread and a T-shirt, and I was like, I'm I'm here. I've arrived. Like I live in a city that has a skate shop. Like what? This is crazy. Because in North Carolina, you could get K2s and like the hoax or hoax two or whatever at like a ski shop. But it, that was it. It was like they would have like the K2 skate and like a video. Yeah. But it was at like a ski and mountain mountain bike shop or whatever. So it wasn't like skate shop centric, you know?
0: Yeah, I know um, what you mean. Yeah. The first time really I walked into the skate it. shop, my, like I was like, my mind is fucking blown. I'm literally yeah. in a I'm in a world of blading right now. This, oh, yeah. this this entire room is dedicated to roar yeah. bleeding. That's mental. Yeah.
1: It it really like, I mean, I think seeing the spots that I saw in hoax too, in the Atlanta section for in real life at, I think I moved, I moved to Atlanta, like the summer before 96 and I drove by those spots and I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to get to go skate real street, you know, like I'm going to get to go like to these spots and maybe I'll meet these guys. And like, not only did that happen, like I met those guys, those guys became my good friends. I worked with them they you know they they helped raise us up they helped make our scene and they gave us the confidence to make our own scene um, so it, it's it's so essential i mean like having a skate shop in your town or nearby i think just draws people in and that's what happened with skate pile and i think that's the big catalyst we had a skate shop and we had a badass indoor skate park and like what more do you need yeah you know
0: yeah and just yeah. a plethora of
1: street spots that like everybody wanted to skate
0: Plus if one, if one's successful, like if the shop's successful, that benefits the skate park and vice versa. Like if yeah. people if there starts becoming like a kind of a flood of people going in, they're going to need stuff and where are they yeah. going to get this? So, um, plus th- those guys were like big personalities. Like Kevin Dowling is a loud mouth and he's funny. And Walt yeah. Austin is very opinionated and very outspoken and like, and yeah. they're, both, they're both great skate. Like how Austin never got a pro skate, what Austin never got a pro skate is beyond me. You did actually, got like- That doesn't count. Don't even, yeah. don't if, don't talk about well, the, the shot count, pro skate. It doesn't count. I was gonna count. say like- That doesn't it, count.
1: It doesn't count at all because they basically just put other pieces of someone else's skate. I think It might've been AbdL's or somebody's something like a throne together and yep. uh, he got chipped, you know? I, but like, that's the thing is like we, that might've, been a lot of like the fuel for the fire that made the Atlanta scene bigger was we felt a little bit like the underdogs because we had a great scene, um, and we had tons of good skaters, but like the only people who were getting sponsored were from New York or Cali. That was it, yeah, you know, like uh, other than maybe Dre, but Dre is you know Dre, so that that count that doesn't count. Um, but I think well, I feel like.
0: I feel like Dre, Dre, was an exception through because Dre put himself out there a lot more. I feel like quite yeah, a lot yeah. of the Atlanta guys were like, No, I'm staying here and making it gonna try and make a name for myself here. Whereas Dre yeah, was yeah. like, I'm leaving, like I'm getting oh. out of here. It's like the Jeff Frederick thing. Like Jeff Frederick was like, right. It's not gonna work in Philly, so I'm gonna travel everywhere. And he was out yeah. in Cali all the time.
1: Yeah. And I mean Dre and Dre is just such a big personality that like he was ready, you know, he was ready for the camera always since day one, since the first day I met that kid, it was like, he was born to be in front of the camera, whether it was on skates or just, you know, being himself. Um, But, you know, I think it's crazy that Walt never got a pro skate. It's it's fucking nuts. But, you know, we, we hold him in such high regard. And he would tell like, and I know this because he just, he never wanted to be talked up. He never wanted that. He was never like, wanted to glow. He just kind of wanted to do his own thing. And he's still
0: that way today That's he doesn't crazy.
1: want anyone to toot his horn for him yeah so i won't toot his horn for him here just in case he is watching this i will
0: okay uh he <laughs> randomly contacted me that well i'd never i'd never he- had any contact with him never heard from before and then he randomly contacted me recently to ask about a song or if it had been used in a section before but one thing i won't. Will- In the MySpace days i'm showing my my age now i will never forget like the like bio thing that uh what austin had for himself and it was like i quit skating years ago but i could still come back and kill all of you anytime i want and i was like yeah
1: never
0: quit (laughs) like he basically said like he hadn't skated in years and but yeah i don't i don't know how much of it was true and how much it was just him being antagonistic but that i will never forget that that
1: He's that way. I think he's always been like the sort of antagonist of this whole thing, just because like, he's always thought of skating in his own, like he's in his own lane. He still is, you know, that section that uh, I just edited for him for, for brunch that we released. It's like, he's, he's so in his fucking own lane that like, I don't think he even needs to worry about being compared or whether yeah. anyone thinks he's good. Like he doesn't give a shit. It's he's, also, he knows, he, he's doing what he does, you know, like, I don't think he cares at all. Yeah. Um, um, but we all, we like, you know, growing up with him, it's like, it's funny. I, my background is in, you know, you know, graphic design and, and art. And that's the thing that I quickly realized, like, okay, well, I'm not as good as these guys on the skates. So how can I participate um, and make an impact? Because I was so inspired by all the stuff i grew up with senate medium and um you know all the video stuff and, and all the like advertising and things that went into videos and magazines back then um the first like summer that kevin and walt and i all knew each other i i started a clothing company called economy and i sponsored Walt right away and uh kevin got mad because i didn't sponsor him until like <laughs> a, a couple weeks later <laughs> Right. So uh, you know, it's been like since day one. Like I've always known that Walt was was really special, and he was going to um, make an impact on the skates. So yeah, been
0: that's that's really... him forever. I've been giving him
1: my clothes forever too. Like if you ask him, he's sponsored by me since back in the day. Like I give him all my like uh, like hand-me-down clothes.
0: Are you not like significantly taller than Walt? He wears
1: big shit he's <laughs> <laughs> always like i've always been like what do you need to i got this shirt I go, go through my closet take whatever you want
0: you're you're wearing something that relatively fits and he looks like he's wearing his dad's clothes sweet yeah, yeah, yeah for sure right um that was that's interesting what you say though it, it is true like even not even necessarily people that are like oh i'm not good enough to i don't know make it as a skate or whatever just i feel like lots of people get to a stage where they're like I want to find a way to contribute and some people it's with their skating ability some people they're like well like for me I'm an absolute nerd and like did journalist journalism for years and I was like I want to do like the journalism thing or like you get people that do the design or like you know people like Dave Payne and Majet who branch off and want to do video and it's like that's one of the things that made me stay with it like it like it fosters creativity in that sense because you're like I want to find a way to like put my stamp on it or, or like add something to it or you know yeah
1: yeah i found it so, so important like i like i'm still i'm in this like phase right now where i'm collecting a lot of like old uh skate gear and skate shirts and stuff um and I'm, I'm super jealous of all these guys that have instagrams where they have like every single fucking thing from the 90s how do you have this why don't you give it to me so i can wear it because i'll wear a skating
0: Um. I feel like that's sociopathic behavior. I feel like, see if you're a teenager and you got a brand new pair of scent. I hate it when people say pair of wheels. That really pisses me off because they come in sets of four. (laughs) Um, Someone's been saying that to me all weekend and it's clearly embedded itself in my head. Um, How people have these sets of wheels from when they were 14, 15, pristine in box? And it's like, what kind of sick bastard are you that you never rode these? I
1: don't know, (laughs) like... Also like all of our friends would steal your, like we'd steal each other's shit. So like, you'd have this like great thing. And then like, I don't know, like uh, six weeks later, you're like, where did all my clothes go? Like why do I not have all these teas I used to have? Cause people would just loot your closet if you had something they liked. At least that's what we did to each other. Um, but yeah, like I'm on this pick of collecting um, and finding stuff from, from my era of growing up skating and, um and i wear it all like my my brunch section like almost every one of those tricks is in a shirt from the 90s which okay. like just makes it, it like not that that's an important thing to anyone else but it was like such a, a like a cool feeling for me to like dress the way that i wished i could have dressed when i was younger like i wish i had all that shit when i was a kid i had like some of it but yeah um, now it's my it's my adult nerd thing that i just like scour ebay and depop and like look for really good stuff from the mm-hmm. audience so um it's
0: like a time yeah. machine as well like transports you back to that feeling of like it being, being that age and I, I don't know yeah just the thoughts that run through your mind at that time so yes yeah, it's, it's a cool little like look yeah. back
1: and it like that's the stuff that made me want to be a designer like that's the stuff that made me want to be involved like i started screen printing it 15, 16 years old. Um, And I did that simply so I could make skate tees for my friends. And it's like, that is exactly what I do now um, on a much (laughs) different scale, but like, it's still what I love doing. I still love making graphics. I still love, you know, being involved in this way that like I feel I have uh, like almost 30 years of of skate history like embedded in my brain um and i think the output that i make graphically for skating now is really based on my history with it and so I'm, i hope that i'm like pulling things that have um you know a tinge of nostalgia or a little bit of like a, a nod to something from that era because that's the era that made me want to be what i am today as a um as an artist and as a designer and so yeah collecting that stuff's really fun it really just like makes me happy if i find a like solid piece i'm just like oh my god i can't wait to wear that i can't wait to skate in it like i'm not treating it precious like oh yeah
0: skate. um that's what i was gonna ask what are what are some of the standout gems that you found because there's there's ones that i see that people post on instagram and i'm like holy shit like if i if i could have had that I when have... i was a kid i'd have been so happy should i go grab them Sure. What?
1: Well, yeah. Got right there. Let me go grab some. I'll grab. I'll grab you. Like my 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 Grail piece. This thing.
0: Ooh, is, okay.
1: This is like probably one of my favorite things that I have found. I found this on Depop like a year or so ago, and I bought it for seventy dollars. Like.
0: I mean, that's that's probably cheaper than what it cost at the time.
1: <laughs> that's so insane, and this is like. All that I think when I see this is Eric Shrine, VG maybe four, VG4,
0: four, four, he does a backslide on the high legend and it.
1: big jeans and this jacket. Yep. My best friend growing up, when I lived in North Carolina, had this jacket, like when we were kids, and would never let me wear it. So this is my this is my thing for sure. Uh let's see. I got one other one in here. Classic.
0: Senate Senate Coolie T-shirt, yeah,
1: original, not a reprint. This stuff gets this stuff gets even more like, what the fuck? This Rise Above shirt, oh shit! This Rise Above shirt, like, have I? I'm not sure I've
0: ever even seen that before.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like crazy, crazy, like OG Rise Above shit. Um, Obviously.
0: You know. Oh, FR Classic. OG
1: FR, this is a good one.
0: Considering how small that brand was, it's really quite miraculous that so much of their stuff has survived the decades.
1: I can't believe any of this has survived. Uh, Tori Tressinger just sent me this. 976? 976. I, nine, I was telling him we were at uh, Jeff Stockwell's bachelor party and I was. he was like, him and Drew and I were talking. And I was just like, I just want one nine, seven, six piece. I don't care what it is. I just want like one. And he found this on eBay. He was like, oh, I found you one. Like, it's like, cool. I'm going to bid on it. And I got outbid. And I'm like, fuck, I got outbid on this, on this nine, seven, six shirt. And I was like, well, you know, whatever, it's fine. I'll let it go. And it shows up in the mail and Tori is the one that outbid me. So I'm like, He could have just told me, He could have told me that he was going to bid on it. And I wouldn't That's have true. raised the price for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm i think i only discovered like maybe a couple of years ago that 976 was like basically a senate offshoot i always thought i always thought it was like a a separate thing well yeah oh the the sinner t-shirt all right
1: yeah that's a classic so i've got a Mm -hmm. bunch more um but it's it's funny like just the condition that they're in like i don't even care they can have holes in them i'm I'm fucking wearing them I i look like a trashy 13 year old most
0: of the time i mean like to be fair all all we're gonna do is like fall over and slide about on them on concrete anyway so what difference does it make and
1: yeah
0: that brings us on yeah um that brings us on nicely so obviously you're wearing one of your them skates t-shirts designs i'm wearing one you're wearing one um someone has i saw I, i don't know if you saw this but someone on instagram had put up a series of uh stories like um basically coming to their conclusion of where you came up with this design from and they what think it's it? they think it's based on uh the band, the music, their various album covers, because their album covers are in the exact same sequence of this t-shirt and it's just one colored circle for each really? album cover. And I was oh, like that's cool. I was like, that's quite a jump to think that. But then when they actually put them in sequence, I was like, it is in the exact same sequence of colors and they are all circles.
1: That's funny. I don't even know that uh, reference. And like, honestly, I try to stay really far away from referencing things that, uh, like I try not to do the, like I'll find it in the wild and then like remake it for skating kind of thing. And the only time I really kind of dove deep into that was with the brunch teas that I made that were like remakes of Senate and and Medium and um, and fiction logos. But like, I love that. I think, you know, again, there's no new ideas. There's just new ways to present them. So I'm presenting an old idea apparently that like, I, I love that people found the connection to something, but I have no idea what that is.
0: Yeah. When he first, when he put up like the first image, I was like, oh, come on, anyone like circles. Of course. I was <laughs> like, oh, so those circles are swirls. This is lines. But then when he put them, when he should put the albums in chronological order, I was like, that's kind of weird.
1: Yeah. Like, I was but, actually kind of going from like this, uh, like Philip Glass used to do this, um, had this like animation that he did the music for on um, Sesame Street, like in the seventies, and it okay. was like all these colored circles, and it was almost like a color theory kind of thing. And like, if you look it up, you can look up like Philip Glass Sesame Street, and there's these like colored circles that go out from the center, and then they kind of spin around, and they all kind of come together and things. And I was thinking of like how to make our four dots kind of like what would happen if they were like going at each other, and so you know, right. I. I usually just when I'm making stuff, I usually just try to to start from like an experimental place and play. Like I'm always like playing with graphics. Um but like yeah, I don't I, I try not to reference things too hard. Uh the Buddha tea that I did for this line, that was definitely like a like nod to like this style of tea that was happening in the nineties, where it was like a small graphic on the front and like not these giant graphics that happen now um but other than that like i try to you know make little nods to things but i you know they're hopefully as out of my head as I can make them. But if anyone finds connections, that's fine. Send them to me. I would love to see the references.
0: Well, someone else did. I can't remember how long ago it was, but they had a right go at you on Instagram. And for some reason, I ended up seeing seeing the exchange. Do you remember uh, Carter LeBlanc called you out for your... Oh yeah, to four dots. I think he was—he was not yeah. happy with that.
1: No, a- him and I, him and I uh, uh, squashed all that together. He—he he was a, a really—he um, was a really big, like he—he he really stepped up and, and reached out and apologized for that whole situation. And um, I don't—it—it it came, it came out of nowhere and, and it was—it was dumb. I don't know why we even got into it because we don't know each other personally. Um, but I, I, you know, maintain that that was, a as a blip on the radar. And I, I, think what Carter does is awesome. And I think he's a fantastic skater and filmer and, you know, whatever, whatever transpired that upset him in that, in that moment, I don't think exists anymore. So that, that plate's cleared. I, and also with the then branding, Mike, I mean, come on, I it's the, it's four fucking dots.
0: That's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like
1: it's not like you know, I'm not claiming genius for it. It's like it's uh it's about the application, it's about what can be, you know, sort of baked into that simple remark mark, um, and how much weight that mark can carry without being complicated. And when when Volo fell apart and that whole thing was kind of coming down, you know, John. And I were talking a lot because I started doing design work for Valo right after Valo 4. So
0: that's what I was going to ask because John Starr said that he originally designed the skins for Valo and then he could no longer do it. He said, Am I right in thinking he suggested you or you took over for it?
1: I think he suggested me. And then also Kevin Dowling reached out to John via email and connected me and John on email. Like I met John back in the skate pile days. And so we knew of each other, but like, um, in 2009, like right after Volo four, like right before 2010, um, uh, Kevin reached out and just connected me and John on email because I was living in LA and it was like, I'd been in LA for only like, a couple of years and he was just like oh, I think you and Mike should work together and John got back really quick and was like yeah man put together a you know quick little you know pdf of some some ideas and like we'll make some stuff for spring and uh, I don't remember if you I don't know if you remember the um like follow stuff that was like kind of looked like the Oakland A's athletics one and there was like uh yeah, like I, I did. That was the first line I did for, for volo And from then on, I basically did all the, the clothing for volo and I did started doing art direction. And me and Yvonne and Brandon linked up and, you know, made Volo 5. And that was like the first uh, book that I made um, with those guys. And then from there, it's just like I've worked with John now, what is it, 2022? I've worked with John for 12 years. Okay. So it's, it's been, we've worked on everything. So yeah, when follow kind of like was coming to an end, John was just like, I, I want to come up with, you know, a new company. And he was like, let's just call it them goods. Cause he already had them goods. as like his distribution. And I was like, no, we need something else. You know? Um, and I was like, give me like a day or two. Let me just like mull it over and think about it. And I'm sitting there on the phone with him. I'm just like, scribbling in my thing, my notebook. And I just like scribbled four dots in a row. And then I just wrote over the top of it, T-H-E-M. And I was like, oh shit. And I literally made the logo in like the next half hour. I was like, okay, this is about right. Send it to him and he was like, fuck, that's it. I'm like, that's it, like, let's do it. And, you know, went from there and got it. We got it, Um, like shortly after we made sure we got it Uh, um, not copyrighted. Um, Trademarked? Trademarked. So we got a trademark for our industry, and uh, everything else is history. You know, like we kind of just went from there.
0: It's so wildly simple that I, I remember the first time I saw it. Like I was like, oh, I'm I don't know if I'm convinced. It just seems a little bit too like nothing or like generic yeah. or like it just doesn't seem to like indicate anything. But now I'm like, that's the genius of it. It can literally be applied to anything. Like you can put yeah. it on you can so easily put it on like a skate or a t-shirt or you can manipulate yeah. it in so many different ways. Like Marius, when he did his edit, turned it into like fire, like fire rings yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like. yeah that I'm was like, great. Then I was like, my Any God. And eggs, the N's Yeah, or like you can turn it into amazing. globes. I was like, there's so many applications for this. It's simplicity yes. is what makes it just, yeah. And now with like, I mean, people have already seen like glimpses of the Clark shoe. Yeah. Just the four dots on it. I'm like, that's so simple. Like, if it was like a weird skate logo, it would look totally out of place.
1: Well, I I felt like like my background in in branding and, and design, like I felt like there needed to be something in skating that wasn't going to skew one way or the other. It wasn't rocker, it wasn't uh hip-hop, yeah. it wasn't, you know, anything. It's like <clears throat> always sort of said this about our brand it's like i wanted to make a big white box where anything and everything could fit in it and those four dots you can put them next to any other logo and all of a sudden you've got like the collaboration doesn't look off right it can be some crazy thing like brain dead they can take those four dots and they can put them across the their little head logo perfect right
0: so i mean like other brands other brands can like so easily like, I don't know, when you see things like Palace where they've just got like a triangle, a triangle no. can be put on any other brand. Anything. Four dots can be put on any other brand.
1: Exactly. And so it it made for a space where I was like, I, I wanted the brand to always kind of be in this sort of minimal place. We started really, really like minimal design stuff. You know, it was like, I wanted to use halftone dots and I wanted to use uh, um, blue. And that was it. I was like. I, I was, my reference for the blue was Yves Klein blue. So like I'm an artist and my background as an artist, like art history, I was like, Yves Klein created his own blue, you know, in what the 1950s or 60s, he trademarked his own color blue. And it's like the deepest, deepest royal blue. And I was like, that's the color, right? Like that's our fucking color. Um, and so that's really all it was, it's like, okay, here's our mark, here's our colors, we have the whole like road ahead of us to do whatever we want. As long as we use those two things and we use them sparingly and we use them like smart, then we can kind of fit whatever into it, right? So it's it becomes the it becomes the like empty empty box that everything fits in and it makes collaborations and uh, you know one-offs and the guys can make their edits and they can like fuck around with what those four dots represent for them. Um, on all the packaging, I changed the four dots to be something that goes back to the pro skate um, of that person. Like Danny's, I did sort of like star bur- like sunshine bursts on the top of his skate because um, you know the guys and, and John were calling him Sunshine. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it gave us a lot of room to be playful because it was so simple. Yeah, so I think in the long run, it, it's been a really effective like marketing strategy for us and like in five more years you know the brand's going to be what like 10 years old it's like we won't even have to save them skates we literally put those four dots up and everyone's going to know it's us
0: that's it yeah it's so simple that it seems inevitable it's going to become iconic. well it's already becoming iconic within our sport but john's vision is clearly not to market to Blading, is to market beyond yeah. blading, and make yeah. it because there's only so far you can go with that. Like the, we have a limited participation pool. Like you can right. So. We started
1: it with that idea too. Like John's, you know, original like thoughts were like, I want this to be, you know, a bad reference maybe, but he was like, I want this to be like as big as like a Supreme. You know, where like it it can be in any. We can go down any avenue with this. It doesn't just have to be blading and the fact that we've been able to partner with who we've partnered with so far and do collaborations with Braindead and, you know, what we have upcoming with Clark's and, you know, that really speaks to that original vision that John had for it, making it like we had to start with skates. We had to start with, you know, uh, um, a mold, you know, an old skate and modify it. And then we made our own and, you know, what a short amount of time it was. It was like two years. We yeah, there's,
0: there's been a like, I, it, also it's quite funny. I feel like because of the rapid change, people are still clinging on to the idea of how the company started out. So people are like, so wait a minute, it's it's an entry level budget skate, but now they're charging $500 for it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's no longer that skate. Like that's the point. Like You don't even sell that skate anymore. Like that's it yeah like it's no longer an open mold skate with a custom yeah. soul plate on it now it's an right. entirely new skate yeah. like like of course the price went up yeah. they developed like something own, else like, you know
1: like sola like designed the the 909 shell uh we've redesigned that soul plate multiple times to make it better and better we made our own frame we have our own wheels we have our own bearings we are now like we're making our our, our liner better every time you know like it's you can't do, we don't have the luxury in skating of doing R&D for fucking five years before releasing a product. So our R&D is releasing like micro adjustments to yeah. make the product better. And each time we make it better, each time we change something, it becomes more and more ours. I mean, who else makes, you know, like their own frame, their own wheel, their own, you know, like custom, like we changed our buckle, So now we don't have a buckle that the rest of the industry uses. We have our own. And, you know, all that uh, design, all that industrial design work is, you know, uh, thanks to Cal Sola, like he's fucking incredible. So the team that we have working on this product and this brand is amazing. The guys that film, the guys that skate, like it's got nowhere to go but up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely seems to be taking on a life of its own. And just the fact that it it does seem so... someone basically i made a video about them recently and someone left a comment saying like i talked about the importance of having a skate shop i was like it's you yeah. know it's iconic because it's, it's not just a place that sells skates it's like you can literally dress yourself head to toe in that shop and then yeah. products you can buy them homeware them coffee like like yeah you could most of the things you need to attire yourself you can if not all of them you can get in that shop that, yeah. make, that makes it so much more than just a skate brand. And this person was like, yeah, but you could just go into a skate shop and buy a pair of them skates. And I'm like, that's not, you're missing, like, yeah, it's not the same thing. Like it's, it's beyond a skate brand. You can literally get, go in there and get stuff for your everyday life that has nothing yeah. to do with skating. You don't that's- have to
1: be a skater to go into the them shop. Like yeah. people in Santa Ana walking down the street go in there. I think... And they're like, oh, this is cool. Like, maybe like they're like, oh, the skates are, are, you know, inline skates are back or like whatever they think. But then they're like, oh, this coffee mug's rad. Or I like this hat. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, oh, I want to, you know, uh, get a sticker for my kid. Or they're a streetwear kid from LA and they're like, wow, you guys sell Braindead. And then they realize that we did a Braindead collaboration with skates and they're like, oh, shit, you know, like the lights just go off in people's heads. Cause it's not just a skate shop. That's not what we need. We don't need just rollerblades and just wheels and, and bearings. We need like it was in the nineties, like there, there was companies that just made pants, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like There's, there's such opportunity right now. Like I love that we've got more and more people starting to make brands that are sticking around. I think like Sean and Colin, uh, Kelso, the amount of work that they put into basement and the way that they promote their brand and the, the way that they do things, I think it's, they're showing that they're sticking around. Shout out Sean and Colin, what up guys. Um, and it's rad to see that because we need things that stick around and you're not going to stick around if you only sell skate stuff, like make a pair of socks. Anyone can wear socks. You don't have to put your foot in the skate after you put them on.
0: Yeah, it yeah. feels like if if you just try to cater to the aggressive market, you're limiting yourself to the point where you don't really have an option but to fail because- yeah.
1: There's not enough people to buy it. Yeah. Like not enough people to buy just like the skate, like centric product. So if you make product that people just see as like a cool thing, you know, then, then it's different. Like people wanted, like there's people that wanted the brunch scene that were like, we're not even skaters. Like I have like friends and people on Instagram that reached out and they're like, Oh, I love the layout. Like, I want to see that magazine and they don't even skate. So it's like, we've got to make things that like cross over the boundaries and go outside of the box of skating so that people can look at our culture the same way they look at other things. Like, you know, not everyone who wears Quicksilver is a surfer. You know, not everyone who wears like, uh, like a, a skateboard brand is a skateboarder. Maybe they just identify with the look of it. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's good. I think it's good to start having things when you come when 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 people come to Blading Cup and you see how many people go into that shop and are just like amazed that there's a shop that has all this stuff in it. it it's it, you really understand how important it is.
0: Yeah, and just the fact that it's kind of like on a busy commercial street as opposed to a skate shop that's usually tucked away in the middle of nowhere. And the only people that discover it are people that know it. It's not, it's not generally something that gets a lot of footfall.
1: Yeah. 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 You need the foot traffic. Like, you know, the, the previous um, like them shops were, were in like warehouses, like way out of the way for anyone to be able to walk by them. And so you get like your, you know, your core dudes that come through and, and know about it and come get their stuff. But this is it's hugely different. I'm so excited, uh, that we have that I mean, it's also, you can walk in and meet John.
0: Yeah. Like, it's kind you know, <laughs> <the, laughs> of, it's kind of crazy. Like yeah. you could
1: be like, you could be like a new Jack or you could be somebody who's been skating for 20, 30 years. You could come visit California and go into the shop and see John and his kids hanging out in there. And if that's, like that's, that's a dream for most of us to be able to meet some of the people that we grew up idolizing and who influence our skating. And, you know, I think that's an amazing part of it. He's there. He's not like, this is my shop, but I don't hang out there. Like he's there. He's there working. So it's yeah. cool. It's, it's, one of the, it's one of the best things that's happened to the skating scene in LA, for sure.
0: Um, yeah, actually, weirdly, I saw John at the weekend. John was at the London uh, Capital Rollers Jam in London. And oh, yeah. on the Saturday he was skating about and it was yeah it's just kind of because I've like I've seen him skate in person periodically for like the last 30 years or something um, yeah. and, and I was just standing there like watching him roll around and I was like there's there's little kids there there's little kids who are like you know between 10 and 15 and or there's yeah. lots of people who are just discovered this London's got this kind of really interesting scene there's quite a lot of like people in their 20s and 30s who are just discovering blading for the first time but because um, the skate park B66 has got such this kind of culture and a Thursday night skate and stuff like that is just is right. growing this bigger scene. And it was just really funny that I was like the amount of people rolling around here doing tricks that John invented that yeah. have no idea who he is. They're probably just yeah. wondering who's that older guy just absolutely like cruising around doing whatever he wants. Like at one point I overheard someone say, "Who's the really short guy with the fast feet?" And they were talking about size more. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, if they don't know who Sizemore is, there's no way they know who John yeah. is. And yeah. but they're doing like Mistral's and like like they're doing like Mistral's and like unities and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. they're, they're doing his
1: tricks. I kind of I, like it's kind of amazing. It's like there's something nice about that. Like I think probably for John to like go unnoticed too, because so much of yeah. His life has probably been.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been under a spotlight for since ninety five. I feel like that's kind of cool too. You know,
1: it's like people, the new school doesn't know who everyone is, and they still like skating, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's a testament to how cool skating is. Um, You don't have to have the full history to be part of it.
0: Yeah, I think
1: some people on the on the internet should like take stock in, it's like, you don't have to like know everything about everything that ever happened to enjoy this. Like you can enjoy it from a completely, uh, naive standpoint, you know, like not know who invented the tricks, not know the names of the tricks but just go out there and start doing it. And that's beautiful too. Yeah. I'm thankful for the historians. I'm like partially one I, I nerd out on my own version of the history, um, you know, just like you have your. You know version of it and you know i think a lot of people keep it alive but it's great to see people who don't know shit about it just start skating it's cool
0: yeah it is also infuriating i love like there's there's <laughs> been times where i've been filming like younger guys in the in the crew that are like i don't know late teens or whatever and then they'll just do something absolutely wild but they don't know what it's called so yeah. like I can't, can't remember what someone kept saying, oh, like, uh, like, go film this. I'm going to do a topsoil. And I was like, that's a true spin so I was like, oh, my God, yeah. how can you do that yeah. so easy? I was like, I can't, like, I suck at stuff <laughs> like that. Like, all, all like, the, the new school tech, like, tricks. Right. Like tweaking your ankles the wrong way. I was like, I was so yeah. awful at that, and you can't even fucking name it properly. It's infuriating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, stuff like or they'll be like, "What's this?" And then they'll do it, and I'm like, I just don't want to talk to you anymore. You're really getting on my yeah. nerves.
1: <laughs> more, more power to them, though. You know, like I remember when all the name, all the names of the tricks were different. It's like we were called like, you just like have to look in Daily Bread to figure out the name of something, and then it would be the wrong name because they'd be, you know, kind of taking the piss and like. Calling a a mistrial an an overpuss, or like, you know, I think at one point it was like Topside Meow came out. Well, overpuss,
0: overpuss, overpuss is a legitimate thing. It's just from a different part of the country.
1: That's what I'm saying. So, like, then you have different parts of the country calling things different, cloudy night and sunny day and all that shit. It's like, you know, at this point, like, we don't have any grasp on the lingo or what to say or how to name a trick we can't even like call the spins in and out correctly. So I think it's all up for grabs. Someone needs to make a dictionary or a trictionary and go for it for real. Like I've talked with uh, Billy O'Neill about this. Like there needs to be a committee and then there needs to be like, you know, like we we lock it down and like lay it out and you can follow it if you want, but like this is the standard, right? But getting getting any random two people to agree on how to name something fucking impossible yeah that'll so, that'll buy, I think they're all possible
0: whatever yeah you know call it whatever who cares yeah that'll no one ever, ever agree on that first <laughs> make them look good for the rest of That's time <laughs> um so like obviously I know you like have a gallery in the side and like do design work so do you have like an official position at them or is it like is it like a casual arrangement like how does that work w- between you and John terms Um, of the brand
1: no i'm i'm uh i'm the art director so like he's john and i have always kind of operated in like a in a funny It's also just go back to like the you know seeing john and, and not knowing who he is and people that know who he is uh like for as long as i've known him it still is like tickles me a bit when like i'm facetiming with him at like eight in the morning you know, it's like getting a Facetime call from John as soon as I wake up because he's he wakes up crazy early. So you know that still is something that I hold dear to my heart. I'm like, wow, John Julio is Facetiming me right now. That's nice. Um, but John and I have always like kind of worked together in a like basically if he needs something, I've always just said like I'm there for you. Um, and he made me an, an official employee of them uh, last year. So I'm I'm officially the art director for uh the brand but i try to i try to come like it's funny because like i cover a lot of stuff that like you know we have to deal with a lot of things that people don't really know about so it's not all, like me making graphics and, and getting to be like a you know artist all the time there's like serious things that we have to deal with like you know uh recently we had to like formulate all this information so that things could be shipped um into the uk and into uh uh europe like there had to be all this like qualification stuff and like you know we have to deal with like sort of the minutia of of the world that we're in so it's like the skates couldn't go into france if they didn't have like all this labeling and all this stuff on the inside of the liner and like you know um ian certification that's what it's called so it's like i'll do stuff like that because my background is not just in like the fun art side like i know like the logistical side of of making products and and creating things and um you know publishing books and you know all the stuff that goes into uh having to make something i know a to z of that so i try to help john with anything and everything but um i also get to do the fun stuff so i'm an i'm an official employee but i'm also like always regardless of whether i'm an official employee in the future or not at some point like i'll always work with john he's one of my favorite people he's one of my best friends and i love i love putting energy and effort towards what we're doing
0: Uh, yeah i'm a huge john fan. like yeah he's been incredibly influential on me teenage years growing up i can every time i see him though i can never think of anything to say i just go complete my i am never short on words i do not shut the fuck up but whenever i meet john i'm like hi and then then my brain just evaporates i'm like nope nothing coming
1: (laughs) yeah 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 it's funny like i him and i talk each other's ears off uh like him and greg and i before you know before the shop um was fully formed and everything and like him and greg and i would go to corporate dinner together like, you know, like once a month we'd go out and like get a bunch of beers and eat sushi or like whatever, and just like talk shit and like you get John going, he'll go for sure. He's, he can be talkative or he can be quiet, but when him and I get together and have drinks and dinner, it's, uh, uh we, we, we really go for it. So take, it takes, it takes some getting used to, you know, talking to someone that you, you are uh, a huge fan of, but, um, he's, he, he's like family to me now and and I think vice versa. So i love working with the guy he's
0: awesome have you ever done any work with any other brands in blading before that because i'd only recently found out about the valo stuff through john starter but yeah. and obviously you've used like helped with well did the branding for them from the beginning and i've done a lot of the artwork like is there any other blading companies that we like we wouldn't have known about
1: um, so I don't know if you remember Misery Love's company was mine yes. with Kevin and with Kevin and Wall. So um we started out when I was in art school and I took a semester off of art school because I couldn't pay my tuition um for that semester. So I took a semester off and I worked like all day long in this like super hot screen printing shop. Like literally, like I was fucking like just sweating bullets all day, and I would work all day and then I, the guys were paying me like, you know, kibbles and bits. It was like pennies, Um, but they would let me use the press at night to print all the misery love stuff. So I was like really experimenting. I would work all day long um, and then I'd stay there at night and I'd print misery love stuff. So I started there, like made made my own company with Kevin and Walt and we, we did the best we could back then, which was really fun. Um, I did a lot of stuff for Escape Did you know, ads and stuff for them at at a certain point. I did uh, the branding for Epic frames back in the day. It was like Kevin racer and I always thought that Epic.
0: I always thought that was pronounced Epoch. Yeah,
1: it probably is. What um, happened
0: with the, those never, those never even went for sale.
1: Did they? No, they. I think it all like got uh, fudged in like finance and stuff. Um, who knows whatever really happened with that. But like, I do like, um, I like working with my friends basically. So yeah, um, you know, when a project comes along that someone wants my help on, I'm all for it. As long as like we're pals and I know you, like I did, uh, I recently did all the, um, title work for into the bodega. Um, I did the branding for bodega boys. That's about to drop in right. their new video. Um, cause Torres and Delphino, those are my guys. So whenever they need help, I'm down. Um, who else have I worked with? I don't know. I kind of like stayed, like, once I started working with John and volo it's kind of like, that was my, those are my people, you know, even the guys on volo like all those guys are like friends of mine. So, um, yeah, kind of kept it in that realm of, I don't really remember if I've done anything like with anybody else. Uh, I don't think so. Not with anybody like big, I never, like, um, I think that like a few people have reached out and I kind of try, I don't, it's not like I would, wouldn't want to work with someone, but most of the blading work that I've done has been pro bono, um, for, for the better part of a decade. Yep. So, I, I know, I really, yeah, So, you know, I've for to, if I'm pulling, if I'm pulling free time out of my ass for you, I gotta love you. Yeah. So, you yeah, know, it makes sense. Mostly, mostly the people I end up working with are, are like really good friends. Like if, if Yvonne ever calls me. And it's like, I have a project, like I'm on it. If Delfino or Torres calls me, I'm on it. If B Smith calls me and says, I have like this thing I wanna do, I'm on it. But um, it's it's gotta be in the family. Cause you know, I have a regular job too.
0: That's what I was gonna ask, like how, how much, cause do you, am I right in thinking you have a gallery or some kind of design business or something like that?
1: Yeah, so my wife and I started our own design studio uh, about almost, seven years ago. Um, and we're both fine artists as well. And so we do graphic design, branding, um, print design, web design, that kind of stuff for clients. But we also, um, there used to be a press right here. But since we had a baby, we sold the press and we moved into a studio downtown. So um, we're both printmakers by trade as well. So like fine art printmaking. So our baby's room, which is the next room like over, um, in our apartment used to be our gallery space. When we first got this, uh, apartment, we used to live downstairs. So we had two apartments on top of each other. Right. Um, so yeah, we like, we used to be all graphic design and like client work, and then slowly it's kind of transitioned into being, um, art book publishing and fine art sales. So we sell my, we like use it to help sell my wife's work and my work and um published books nice. which we do a lot of i love designing books it's my favorite thing like the eos book the Volo of five book uh hermanos um the brunch scene all that stuff like that's that's like my favorite stuff that i get to do
0: so you did de- you you designed all of those yeah i did not yeah. know that okay designed all of five
1: um i also brought like my printer who I've worked with for the last like decade to the skate community. So um, the printer we use is like the like most award-winning print shop in America. And he's a close friend of mine and I've brought like a thousand projects his way. So whenever we have a skate project that we can afford to do with him, um, because it's expensive, but it's he's like the best offset uh, press in, in America. So we did Ball five with him, which was like the sort of crazy. Like Yvonne paid for that out of pocket, I think, which was nuts. And he paid yeah. for Gromontis out of pocket. But like Yvonne's like me, like he's going to go full pull like, on a project. It's like, it's got to be the shit. It's got to be the way he wants it to be or it's not happening. Yeah. He so, does. That's, he, does that's seem, yeah. Working with, he seems you
0: know? always seems more concerned about yeah the integrity of the project rather than what it can. Um, what it can i don't know uh well look you know the, pro- just, the profit he can get from it he's, he's always more no like, one's oh, making
1: profit off this you know, shit. yeah you, you know what i mean like
0: you know how people like cut corner because they're like well we'll try yeah. and like get some money back or we'll try and make yeah. some money he's like I, no, I, i'm no. gonna take the most expensive route possible oh yeah
1: for sure and he's like you know like look you we're we're at a place now where yvonne uh, Brandon, uh, Delfino, Stockwell, me, like anybody who works on these types of projects or when we get together and work on them, like we all have like our professional career that we do on the, like not on the side. as like our main thing So putting something into skating. It's like, we're not trying to make money from it. We're trying to make it awesome. Yeah. Like I'm trying to make something that people hold on to and are like, "Fuck, I got this when I was in, I don't know, like high school or like college or whatever. Like I want people to remember the print media that we've made for the last 10 years as like some of the best stuff that's ever come out in skating like i feel like the EOS book and the volify book and hermanos and um even the brunch scene that we just did like all that stuff is like you know labors of love they're not like no one made a dollar. i didn't ask for a single dollar from the brunch scene. i just gave them to the squad you know like yeah i made them for i made them for the homies because they deserve like you know like I think that's we deserve something better than like a bullshit Kinko's FedEx printed zine you know like we deserve something that's like gonna last yeah I think, our, I think our culture will you know continue to go forward if we make things like that you know people put all this effort into the videos it's like why are we not putting that same effort into print right like,
0: true or yeah.
1: even, even in the websites that we make or whatever it's like Instagram is such a like weak ass flaky place for content, it's like, it's, it's the garbage dumpster of content. You know, it's like the best thing sitting next to like a picture of some, someone's auntie's sandwich. So it's like, you know, like who, who gives a shit that's on Instagram, like nobody cares at all. Like it's gone in 10 minutes or 10 seconds. But if you make something that's lasting like a great video or a great magazine or a great uh, you know, line of clothing or whatever it might be, um, that's stuff that you can hold on to. you know, that makes a nerdy kid like me go back and find it 30 years later. So I feel like that's what I want to do for skating and like, that's what I have to offer. And, and, you know, I hope that there's more kids that come into skating that have an eye for design. It seems like everyone wants to make videos, which is great but we need
0: people that make other things in videos. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I do think there's an instant gratification with making a video because you can make it and yeah. like, people, like show it to people or have a premiere and people can yeah. you know react to it. Whereas I've done the whole print media thing. I've done like a self-published, like 10 yeah. copies of a magazine and you're like, did anyone like this? like dead like dead <laughs> yeah because maybe not but like not what, what, what form there. of feedback are you getting you're like i don't know like i yeah. spent a lot of money on them i just don't yeah.
1: yeah the feedback is like something that it like doesn't i think we have to get away from caring about the feedback it's like who's it for if it's for your squad if it's like for your like guys that like you skate with it's for them then i'm sure they love it if it's for the general public and you don't hear this, like, oh, it's the best thing ever. Like, you know, there's not a bunch of social media reposts of like, who cares? You yeah. Know what I mean, who cares? Like the guys that like I really see kind of taking the reins, like, I think Greg Preston is probably one of the most talented people that we have in skating. I think he's like the voice of like skating going forward, like shout out Greg, Greg, you're the fucking best his aesthetic, his way of doing things, his, even his pace, like the way he like paces what he puts out. Like, I think he treats what he makes like an artist. And I I have a ton of respect for that. I have a ton of respect for that. Juarez, same thing. Like, I think he treats what he does for skating like an art. And that's how I feel about what I do for it. So anybody that I see doing that, I'm like, big ups to those people, you know, like, if you're just trying to churn and burn and make some fucking dough, like get the fuck out. Like it, 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 you know,
0: it's also the wrong industry to try and. It's, churn it's and burn also you're,
1: you're you're aiming at the wrong people, like, you know, yep. like So I really I really do feel like there's some people coming up that really have uh, like such a strong artistic voice that is starting to really come into focus for skating and, and Greg is one of those people that I, I, I really put what he does on a pedestal I think he's fantastic and I think he's experimental which I think is really wonderful
0: yeah that is that is one thing he definitely takes a lot of risks with the videos he makes like they're not he doesn't find a formula that works and then goes alright I'm just going to stick with that like the next Good. one can be completely different which I do yeah. really like because it, it offers it doesn't become formulaic it offers that element of what, what are we going to get this time
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like labors of love are amazing. Like what he's doing with too easy and like what he's been doing with too easy is is like, it's incredible to keep that going and to not maybe be making any money from it, but like for it to be his his creative output. That's the way I looked at like what I was doing with brunch and like official Sunday brunch was Less about making videos or like teas or like having the skate collaboration that we had. It was more about like community building, like getting all these guys that love each other and live close enough to meet up once a week together. And out of that sprang all this creativity. So it's like, you know, um, another bad cliche, but it's like, if you build it, they will come. So like, we built this thing that like people all of a sudden are like, I want to fucking go to that, you know, like, I want to be at brunch. I want to drink beers in the park and like dick around and like who does not you know yeah so and we've been able to have like we've been doing it since 2018 it's pretty long yeah
0: i was trying to is it is it three videos you guys have made like three we've like three like...
1: full length and we have yeah. six episodes
0: yeah um plus you've also given us a new randy Spicer section which you know Maybe. no one's complaining about that um no, not at all and chris and Tom
1: Bellino uh, yeah. really came back and like got his feet underneath him coming to brunch. And he was just so stoked to come and hang and like, man, making sections of him, come on. That was like a blast yeah. making a section for Randy. I was like, we told Randy the first time he showed up, we were like, if you show up, you'll make a section by the end of the, like, we call it the season, you know, we like okay. to, we like to be cheeky with it. Um, but we're like, by the end of the season, you're going to have a section. You won't even know you made it. And like that's the way that we like it to feel. We don't like people to be like, "Oh, I'm going to brunch because I'm like, I'm going to make this section, and I got to think about the tricks I'm doing." It's like we're all half drunk when we're skating. Not that anyone should be doing that. Just disclaimer, you know. Yeah, I can't do
0: that disclaimer. if I have like two beers and try and drink. There's I'll something. miss everything. Um, yeah,
1: we've we've uh, maybe uh, made it too much of an art uh, at this point. But um, you know, we're we're just having fun. Like, yeah. We're literally just having fun. The, the the kind of like unwritten rule of brunch is you can have your beer when you land your trick, you know. Okay. So if you're like if you're going after something and you want to get it and you're you know bothering me or Casey or someone to film it, then if you land it, then you can go have a beer. Right. And usually, and usually by like the middle of the day, the middle of the afternoon, people are like two or three beers in, whatever, and there's like a second wind. And everyone just starts skating even better. And you're like, how the fuck is this happening? You know, like everyone's got like three or four beers in them and they're skating better than they were this morning when they were dead sober. But yeah,
0: um, yeah we're, all, well,
1: we're all allowed to do that because we're like late thirties, early forties. So um, kids, drink your water.
0: Another favorite thing about Sunday brunch is, is the only place now where I get to see Cruise Sapstein footage, which yeah. I'll take That's what, what I can get. Of- I'll take what I can get. Um,
1: we started- well, Me and me and Cruz are the ones that that like came up with the idea, right? So you know, like he's he was uh, I was like the them team was newly formed, and Cruz was on the them team, the first iteration of the them team. Yeah, and he was working at this agency over by the skate park that I like, and I was you know doing my thing, freelancing and, and running my agency at the house, and I was just like, dude, let's meet up for lunch. And we filmed the first episode on like my GoPro. And I was like, we called it lunch breaks. And then Jeff and Brandon and Marcus heard that we, we did that. And we were like, oh, let's like maybe meet up on a Sunday and like all skate together. And then we called it Sunday brunch. And we were like, Do you want to do this every Sunday? And everyone was like, Yeah, let's do it. So
0: I'm confused about the logistics of it, though. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to talk yeah. me through this, hopefully without incriminating yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I watch American movies, the thing that yeah. always fucks me off about them is they're always in a bar or a restaurant, yeah. right? And they're yeah. getting totally trashed. Yeah. And then there's a driving home scene. Yeah. How, how the fuck are they driving home from the bar? I've just watched you had a bottle of red wine. How like you're not you're not road legal, and it happens yeah, in yeah. every every Netflix thing, every Hollywood wow. thing, everything based in L.A. They're at yeah. a bar having cocktails, then drive. I I like bitch about this yeah. relentlessly to my partner. I'm like, how, do they not have drink driving laws? Like,
1: yeah.
0: So, so how, how are you guys pulling it off? Because it seems like you're all drinking. There's there's yeah. definitely you guys are smoking weed. How are you getting home
1: well there's a there's a cool down period right so you know let's say you metabolize a drink an hour right but if you metabolize a drink an hour normally and then you add sweating profusely and skating for like four hours into the middle of that like by the time we were ready to go home and we're like sitting on the, the blankets together like everyone's we're half cooked you know we're half cooked but like it's not like we're not no one's driving home like plastic for sure and a lot of us uh carpool too so guys like like Cruz doesn't drink a ton you know he'll drive the long beach guys up if it's an la session we're going to la park um you know if i'm the designated driver coming from la down to long beach or we're going somewhere we we definitely take care to make sure that we're not we're not drunk driving but um i can't say that we're not a little uh a little smiley at the end of the day, um, you know, a little, maybe yeah. more sun drunk than we are uh, drink drunk.
0: What's what's the legal limit in California?
1: No idea, but <laughs> I think maybe not knowing is better. Uh, let's say if 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 <laughs> let's say if we got pulled over, uh, we're going like, how many drinks have you had, sir? And I'd, I'd say I've had two. In the course of a whole day, you know.
0: Wow. Okay. And in, in the UK, you're allowed one unit in your system. One, and if you've got more than one, you're going to fucking jail.
1: Yeah. No. Well, trust me. I've spent my fair amount of time in in jail. Uh. So I. I. No one's. No one's aiming to go to jail. Uh. We're all just trying to have fun. So right. we, we like to sweat it out. We're sweating a lot. Okay.
0: Oh okay. right. I'll, I'll, I'll um, try that. We're drinking
1: that. tons of water. We're we're you know we're hydrating. All right. It's one drink one
0: water. I mean, you know, I've seen the footage, right? I've seen the footage. You you say blanket cool down time. Blanket cool down time is when you guys are busting out the micheladas and like,
1: yeah, there's tomato juice in that. It's fairly <laughs> it's fairly alcohol. <laughs> Look, we're taking a lot of liberty. Uh, there's no disclaimers at the beginning of our videos, but I'll just put this one out there, you know, uh, do as we say, not as we do. Right. Uh, we're 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 trained professionals, not at skating and drinking. So can
0: see I can see the local newspaper headline now: entire squad of weird inline skaters arrested on leave, leaving community skate park.
1: Here's the funny thing: is like it used to be, we would go skate. And this is like pre-COVID, right? We'd go skate and we would, uh, skate the skate park. And then we'd go to a Mexican restaurant after it. And we'd have food and we'd have, you know, a couple beers or we would do a michelada or whatever, and that's, that's that and we're done when COVID hit, we couldn't gather at restaurants anymore in LA. It's like all the restaurants were closed down. So we were just like, well, fuck it. We're just going to bring a cooler full of beers to the park. And now that has that's proliferated into like nearly three years of us just public drinking, which is completely illegal. Um, and, but we don't really give a shit anymore. We're just like, we're, we're showing up with like 20 people and coolers full of beer and like sandwiches, and like whatever, like chips. and You know, we just, we we'd kind of make it a day in the park. LA is pretty light. Um, during COVID they actually allowed you to, uh, open carry. So, that kind of change like you can be in a public park in la and have a beer so you know it's kind of like looser now yeah. i don't know how it is anywhere else but i for us it, it COVID kind of loosened up the regulations and we really took advantage of it right and i mean, really took advantage of it
0: i mean i, I like can we're see not bringing it.
1: kegs to the skate park or anything but like we've brought a we brought a decent amount of beer yeah we got amazing. sponsored by a beer company for like one of the se- like first season, one of our friends, uh, one of Sayer Danforth's friends is the flavor scientist at a brewery here in LA called golden road. And there's this stuff called mango cart that we were mixing with our micheladas and I went and met up with her and went to the brewery and she gave us like two pallets of beer. So we had free beer for like 10 sessions from golden road, shout out golden road. Yeah, that is which we've been trying to get like uh, Michelob Ultra up to sponsor us, but they won't. You know, they don't respond to any of my DMs.
0: That that would that would be the. They're dream. too big for us. Yeah, yeah. Having a beer sponsor that would be
1: that would well, big. we we want in the future hopefully beer sponsor perfect. Uh, a frisbee sponsor would be also <laughs> good, um, and then maybe like a cooler chair sponsor would be awesome too. Right. I'm open. anybody Anybody out there works for a chair company, lounge chair, uh, you know, like foldable chair. Hit us up. We just, will just branch out from
0: this. Branch out we from will, this. We'll plug. We'll plug your product. I, I don't see this idea taking off. In, like in Scotland, like one unit isn't even a beer. It's like it's like less than a bottle of beer. So if, if you get caught with less than a bottle of beer in your system, you're losing your license and going to jail. So yeah, come to,
1: to California. We're you know, yeah. hippie utopia.
0: Yeah, but see, in Scotland you don't have to drive anywhere. It's great. Like, like sure. only only if you want to go from like town to town or city to city. If you're in yeah. the city, you can walk everywhere.
1: Yeah. The the I will say this to be fair to myself to to also like kind of take a little bit of the heat off of uh, the drinking driving thing. The few brunches that I've been to that I got really plastered at, I Ubered. So I was like, someone's taking me to this because I'm getting drunk today. <laughs> You know, whether it was like my birthday session or whatever it was, like I'm like someone's driving me or I'm Ubering because I'm, you know, I'm going into
0: that. That's so, has anyone came from also. right? Has is anyone like any any friends of friends come from out of town and been like, holy shit, like guys, I don't know how you're doing this. Like, I can't, I can't drink and skate. Like, I'm da- like, I'm gonna f- like they just can't land in or they're just like dying on their ass. Like, I can't keep up with this. This is this is no, nonsense.
1: Everyone, everyone, kind of like. It's crazy. It's like when you're in the heat of it, it's the same thing as like uh like I bartended during art school. So like when you're bartending, when you're behind the bar, like you can drink all night long and you never feel drunk because you're doing something. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like that thing where like, if you have one white claw or like a seltzer or like something and you're like filming and you're sweating in the sun, you don't feel it. You might feel it if you were just sitting there all day drinking in the shade. But I think most people that we're hanging with are, are pretty pro at skating and at drinking. So everyone's kind of like, you know, if you know, if you're coming to brunch, you're either one, uh, a sober skater and you don't even like fuck with that part of it, or you're like a degenerate like the rest of us and you, you can handle your, your booze. This is true, but
0: yeah. I, I, see it's like oh this is just our crew it's just it's just a chilled out sunday skate but unfortunately your crew happens to consist of some elite level rollerbladers who've, yeah. got, a, who've got a long history in the sport yeah.
1: yeah i think it's more intimidating to come and skate with the guys who are there for out-of-towners or people who show up than it is to like have a drink i think the drink actually helps <laughs> yeah, calm yeah, you this, down this, put this you got, yeah jeff to your left and billy to your right and you know, crews and like all these guys that are like so amazing. Um you know, fucking Randy showing up at sessions. It's like, oh. yeah we made Randy trip. We we had we, we made him do it to prove he wasn't a narc.
0: I thought yeah, I always thought of like Randy is quite clean living.
1: Yeah, maybe I mean he's he gets he gets down. Okay. He'll crush, he'll crush a Modello here and there, you know.
0: Um I mean stockwell, on the other hand, just seems like a total reprobate I've only met him like twice yeah. very very briefly, but he's he's always been drunk
1: yeah jeff is jeff is a complete degenerate for sure you you hear this jeff you if you hear this I'm saying this straight to your face, don't worry he, he knows that's what I think, yeah, I'm the same though, so it's it's you know it's fair game we're all kind of we're all kind of in that uh that class with each other, like we can definitely egg each other on to. To go further than we mean to, sometimes.
0: That's what I like to hear. Um, yeah. Speaking, speaking of degenerate behavior. Um, when, at what point did you move to LA? Because there's a there's a story I want to ask you about.
1: Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I think I moved here in 2007. Pretty sure, yeah, 2007.
0: Right. So this can't have been that long after that. Um, did you used to hang about with uh, Lonnie Gallegos?
1: Yes. Shout out, Lonnie. Love you, Lonnie
0: seems to have disappeared into thin air but that's I'm assuming another okay. story and um, he used to have like a blog spot thing i don't know if you remember this like the fade nation blog spot yeah. and i worked got, on the
1: fade nation graphics with lonnie i did fade nation green cover i did the fade nation 2 cover all the graphics for green but yeah lonnie's my guy
0: you're you're holding out on me so I, if i yeah, had, I, but, I forget about that right. shit bro.
1: <laughs>
0: um he put up a photo of uh, was the anti-hero skateboards, their their um, I'm ass- I'm assuming it's, it's their headquarters.
1: Uh no, it was a, it was a, a wall on La Brea that's now like a Jewish synagogue. They tore it down, but it was a wall on La Brea here, which is in my neighborhood in Hollywood. Um and there would be an anti-hero or a girl skateboards ad there like every six months. And right. um so I wrote graffiti for like 10 plus years uh living in Atlanta, um, also while skating. And uh Kevin Dallin was here. Um and the first time I hit it was it was like a girl skateboard. It was like the girl uh bathroom logo. And I just yes. put four yeah. wheels underneath her feet. I put like I put rollerblades on her. Um, and Kevin and I like Kevin was here for one of his first visits to LA since I moved here. Um, and so I was like, let's go fucking get that build. like let's go get that wall and be hilarious. Like I thought it was such a funny thing. And then it ended up being on like Crail Tap. And like some of the guys from Girl Skateboards like actually thought it was hilarious. So that was the first one. Um that's the one that's, that you're leading to That's is what's is confused there. me,
0: because I saw the anti-hero one, right? But then mm-hmm. when I looked i found the image from well yeah. i didn't i didn't realize it was on your instagram for that would have been the logical thing to look first i ended up right. trolling through lonnie's fucking blog spot which took me back like 15 years yeah yeah but then i was like this isn't the image i remember the image i remember is the one in the girl skateboards one but the image he has is the one of the anti-hero one because yeah i'm sure there was video footage of you doing it as well
1: the video footage that lonnie filmed and Kevin shot photographs was when we repasted um, so we create, like, I we went and measured the, it was when, uh, hello kitty and Girl skateboards had a collaboration.
0: That's and, what I remember. Yeah.
1: Uh, so same wall, uh, but like the hello kitty thing had just gotten put up and I was like, oh man, I gotta, we gotta get that one too. Um, and Kevin happened to be in town again. I was like, let's fucking do it again. And so we went and I measured the thickness of the line width of the illustration of hello kitty and. My buddy, my best friend, Nat, who I started skating with, um, who got me into skating in North Carolina, was also here and he's done some like street art stuff as well. Uh, We went and measured the width of like the line art on Hello Kitty and then I designed an illustrator uh, rollerblades that looked exactly like the Hello Hello Kitty illustrations. And we went back in the middle of the day and we pasted rollerblades on it. While we were doing it, I mean, this is like middle of the day, full traffic in LA. Like, like we're just like sitting there wheat pasting this on onto the billboard. And this guy, Lonnie's filming it from across the street. Kevin Dallin's taking photos. And me and my buddy Nat are like quickly wheat pasting them onto the, the character. And this guy walks by, and like right after we get finished with like the last like, you know, like swipe of the brush, uh, putting on the the skates, this guy walks by and he's like, oh man billboard looks killer guys. Like he thought we had just finished doing the actual thing. We are like, thanks dude. Um, so yeah, I wish that billboard was still there. I loved fucking with those guys. I think they deserve to be fucked with. Um, it was all good fun. There's no, no hate, but you know, come on. It's like, it was too, it was too good of an idea to not do. And the fact that we got to do it twice just like really tickled me. So yeah, I lo- I love that Lonnie filmed it the second time.
0: Where is is that video available anywhere? I don't know where I yeah, saw it. I think
1: I, I think I have. I'll send it to you. I've got a uh, I've got the link to it. It's on Lonnie's Vimeo, maybe.
0: That might be it, it may I be think so it was out.
1: like his Vimeo was like Lonnie Francisco.
0: Yeah, I remember. Yeah. So if
1: you go back to that, you can find it. But I have photos that all the photos that Kevin took because we were doing like push ups in front of it and like jumping in front of it when we finished it. Um, yeah, so I need uh, yeah, I need I need the, the Hello
0: Kitty proof. images because all I could find was the anti-hero one. And I remember at the time being like, this isn't right. This isn't this isn't yeah, what yeah. I remember. Anti-hero one was like
1: well, I I meant it to look like bad. I was like, well, yeah. this is really shady roller well, plates like white paint, like right underneath it. But the uh, the Hello Kitty one was a little more of a planned thing.
0: Oh, man i would i would love to know what like what they thought of that when they saw or either what they saw of it or when like, i don't know they're just sitting in the office thing like talking about it being like were they really pissed that the, at how much money they'd spent on it and that he'd done it or the fact that it was done really well and they're like well fair play you know that's the like, hats off guys
1: i can imagine it's like they can't be that mad because like it could have just been some shitty tag over the top of it which would have ruined the mural anyways like someone definitely tried to come by and rip off the skates and they couldn't because it was so well pasted that like literally all it did was tear a little bit of it out. So it persisted for quite a while, which was, was really fun. Plus but yeah, the height,
0: the just- height of it just made it like, it made it almost too, Cause you're like, you don't even have to climb up anything. Like you can literally just stand there and do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I never wanted to be like, that was me that did that. But like, if you knew, you knew. Yeah, like, it, it was fun. I got to I got to live in anonymity for for a pretty long time. I think maybe Arlo reached out to someone at one point and Was like, who did this? And then I raised my hand. I was like, that was me. I
0: mean yeah once, once Arlo asked,
1: I was like, Yeah,
0: it was me. Yeah, you're gonna tell Arlo. I'm sure yeah, I remember yeah. asking Lonnie at the time because I was like back and forth interviewing him for Fade Nation videos and he was yeah. like, Yeah, I'm not telling you. And then he put up the vid yeah, it must have been on Vimeo. And I was like, Well now I fucking know like I can see who it is. Like Yeah, 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 for
1: sure.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah yes yeah, it's, it's weird like little things that just stay with you and you remember and stuff that that is pretty random but yeah, yeah. that was a that was a fun
1: one i'm glad that kevin was there for both times because he took really great photos of both of them it's like the photo of the anti-hero one is like one of my favorite photos of all time of, like i've done tons of art and design work and like that shitty rollerblades on the girl logo is like one of my favorite things like ever love it Love yeah,
0: but is it, that, it's more just like that's that's the sentimental value, of, like the memory of just I don't know, just going out on a night mission or whatever, and just having really? a laugh with your friend. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Has there has there been any other instances like that of like you like messing about in the city in your in your uh, graffiti and days, or have you got into trouble for it since you've been out in LA?
1: No, I kind of stopped doing it in LA. Like graffiti in LA is like really kind gang related. And when I moved out here, I was also trying to kind of like writing is like partially like a fun artistic thing. And the other half of it's like really like, you just being a shithead and ruining people's property and like, you know, kind of like, uh, like it's great, but it's also like, I was kind of growing out of that scene a bit because I'd gotten in a lot of trouble, um, in Atlanta and, um, so when we moved out to LA, I tried to focus more on my career, and, and I kind of stopped writing graffiti, um, except for these few instances where I kind of did like the the girl wall thing. Um, and you know, if someone from my crew from Atlanta would come visit, like those first few years, and we'd go to like the Venice Wall and paint. But um, I hadn't painted in a while. It's kind of like a it's, it's okay. I've kind of hung my hat up on that. It's like it, it it helped formulate some some fun practices for me and some some aesthetics, but I don't really need to be damaging people's buildings anymore or trains. Yeah. I don't, it's a felony, too. It's like, I don't want to be a felon. I'm good. This, this is go true.
0: So you've, you've put graffiti into one side and then just brought on board drink driving?
1: I mean, no, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not condone either. Yeah. yeah. Public, let's call it public drinking. I try to stay away from Let's, let's call it
0: public drinking. Social, 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 social drinking. Drink yeah um so what like obviously you're going to have your hands full something rotten with running your own thing working with them obviously with a newborn child like have you got any like any other projects for the year that are keeping you busy that you're involved in right now or you've got coming up
1: um skate stuff uh just like my my always my them stuff you know we've got really exciting stuff coming out so like a lot of the stuff that i've worked on doesn't come out for a while so we've got super exciting stuff coming out um with them obviously the the clark's thing is is one of the biggest ones and that was an incredible incredible opportunity to be a part of that project um but i just got a new job um i'm working with john star again Um, him and I have worked together before we worked at Oculus together years back. Um, we worked at escape Hall together. So him and I are working for this company called whatnot now. Um, and I'm, I've gotten the job as a art director and creative director there. So I work on the marketing side and, and star works on the product side. So it's great to be able to work with him again. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to raise my kid and hang out, you know, probably get back to skating. I haven't skated in like two months. I've been uh, skating on the eighties around the neighborhood with my dog and getting my exercise, but I haven't done a grind in almost two months. So I'm excited to skate again.
0: I forgot to ask your, your son's called uh, Cyan, is that right? Yeah, Cyan. Which is a blue and you seem to have, there seems to be a theme of blue running through your life.
1: Yeah. Like, so we named him Sai. We wanted to name him Sai. Um, we came up with the name years ago. Um, my favorite American artist, favorite American painter, is a painter by the name of Sai Twombly. Um, so we wanted to name him Sai, but we like wanted to stick something behind it. And my wife is like basically like uh, like color theorist and like super super in. She we she published a book about color therapy and made a whole art show about color therapy uh, last year. And we just like really love this idea of like putting something behind Cy. So we were like, oh, Cyan's like an amazing thing because like I have green eyes, she has blue eyes. Cyan is the midpoint between blue and green. Kind of felt cool to like name him a color too. I was like, that's, and we're both print designers and printmakers. So cyan, magenta, yellow, black is the four colors that make up all printed material. We stuck a lot of, uh, you know, embedded a lot of things behind that name so it's fun
0: yeah when he grows up and asks you the meaning behind it don't tell tell him something cooler than that otherwise yeah gonna, dad, that's I'm gonna, really i'm,
1: I'm going to be <laughs> like you know the print ink cartridge was out on my printer the day that uh, we were naming you and i was like oh cyan's out yeah we'll name him Matt. Yeah, you know, we we almost went magenta but we didn't you know
0: <laughs> then all his friends <laughs> would call him madge what look what, what teenage boy wants to be called madge
1: Ooh, not a good one. Not a no, good one. No. I'm not gonna, Wouldn't he, do that. Really. He
0: would need to learn how to fight real quick.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully he likes the name. We'll, we'll try not to dress him in all blue all the time just so he doesn't hate it. But also, maybe we'll do that. Who knows? We'll find only time will tell. Exactly. He's like, oh, exactly. 10 days old today. So, you know.
0: Yeah so, far, yeah. so far, so good. Yeah. We thought we were being like, giving her daughter a really cool name that she would, you know, like be proud of when she got older, and then because it's not like a like traditional girl's name, yeah. And now all the other little girls in school are called like Sarah and Elsie and did it. And she's like, "Why don't I have a nice name? Why have I got like the weird name?" And I'm like, oh, "Your name's cool. What's what's your problem?" And I feel yeah, like, I mean, like I feel I when she gets older, she'll so appreciate it. But right now, she's like, "No, nah, this sucks. Like, I want I want to yeah, be called like, Yeah, I want to be called Katie or whatever like everyone else." And I'm like, "That everyone's got." I've got the most generic name on Same. earth i don't want yeah, to know david.
1: like mike david like come on like I, all I, I literally i was just like i'm giving my kid a cool name uh just because like i have the most popular name like maybe the second most popular name in the world so yeah yeah whatever you know like he, i gave him michael's his middle name because my dad did that too my dad gave me his first name and my middle name and so on and so on through through my family so like he's got Michael to fall back on if he really needs it, but
0: Oh that, that that could be his rebellion when he's older. He's like, you know what? Oh. Fuck you, Dad. I'm gonna go conservative. I'm gonna go Yeah, out.
1: I'd like, be like, Well that's my name, dude. So you're not really <laughs> rebelling. <laughs> you know, there's no way out, bro.
0: No, then you just start calling him Junior just to really piss him off when he's like That's he's, my dog's name. Dude. Oh Ooh.
1: my dog's name is Junior, so it's already taken. He's fucked. Yep.
0: Yeah. Junior yeah. Junior. Man. The other junior,
1: someone, junior so, someone, someone, yeah, someone said junior two.
0: Junior two, yeah, but yeah. then that kind of sounds like a small shit. You can't do, do <laughs> that. That's not good.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You tell me how your uh, daughter deals with it in like ten years. I'll tell you how my son deals with it.
0: I mean, at this rate, I'm still going to be involved in rollerblading and even more jaded and less hair.
1: No. You know what? Like you, you're, you're going to soften. This is what this is what's going to happen. Like. Like I got to 40, Like my one, my one guy, do you, do you know the, the Muppets, the show the Muppets? Yeah. Okay. So like in the Muppets, there's the two old men that sit in the balcony seat in the theater and they just talk shit. Yep. That's me and drew backer. We okay. meet up like, like throughout this whole, like, you know, brunch thing, like me and drew become like really like a lot closer and drew and I will meet up at the bar and sit down together. and just talk shit about rollerblading like non-stop for like two hours and then like part ways but we keep it in that keep it in that place you know don't like let it go outside of that he's my favorite person to talk shit with because he's like to me drew is like such a legend and you know uh like he's got a couple years on me and he worked at daily bread and he's like made some of the best things ever in skating and he's also just like one of the most creative hilarious people i i know so getting to talk shit about skating with him is like, it's bar none. Like I, no one, no one has better shit to say than Drew about skating. Um, but I try to leave it there, you know, like I try to be really happy about the way skating is going and, and uh, I love what the kids are doing. I love all the stuff that's coming out. Even if I don't love it, I try to, you know, give it, its, give it its time in the sun. I'm not a big fan of people, you know, uh, skating on tennis courts and like skate dancing on tennis courts and wizard frames, but (laughs) I was like,
0: where are you going with this? Right. Okay. Got you now. Right.
1: Yeah. Like, that's not like my thing, but like, I totally understand that it's like a smooth surface, but I just kind of see it as this like weird place that like, I don't know, it's weird to see like tennis courts be like the, the training ground for this type of skating, but also it's like it's not my thing i don't have to like it like i don't have to like i don't have to love it i like it but i don't i also don't get it as much um so you know
0: i i do feel like it's yeah it's one I, of those it's divisive things that you either yeah you see and appreciate and you're like wow that's really intricate or i appreciate you're like, it yeah sure. yeah you're like yeah. nah not for me
1: I appreciate it i'm not going to strap them up and do that um i'm i'm leaning full into the like uh 90s california uh like uh inline skater like wearing really short shorts and no shirt and like uh fitness skating down the street that's what i'm doing so everyone can make fun of me for that because i'm I'm really leaning hard into that dude i got my dog strap my dog up like i'm out there dude i got headphones on it's the best it's you, been the you, best exercise.
0: You and Randy Spicer could meet up at a boardwalk and just race each other along it.
1: I'm trying to start a I'm trying to start a racing thing. I told Greg Preston last time I was down at the at the uh, uh shop, I was like, we need to get an actual race going where like everyone starts at a line and then just like a full foot race on the then 80s.
0: Yeah, but not not just with skates. You would need the dogs. Would, rollerblading on its oh. own is really boring. No one wants to watch Dude. people just race on rollerblades. You you need yeah. to be pulled by dogs. It needs to be like yeah. sled dogging, but on on a yeah. California beachfront.
1: Yeah, I love it. I think yeah. Randy's dog has probably got the most energy. He's the youngest. He does he's also dogs. have.
0: He's, he's the musliest as well because it isn't like a it's like pit bull it's not fair.
1: I got a I got a fucking golden retriever. So like you know he's he's fast, <laughs> but like he's gonna run out of energy.
0: Yeah. I feel like
1: Greg's dog is probably fast out of the gate too, but he's, we've got a, we've got like, we don't have like drag racing dogs, like Randy's got the drag racer, you know? Yep,
0: yeah, he's, he's yeah. got the American muscle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like, I feel like Teddy's going to win.
0: Yeah. For sure.
1: But I'm in, if anyone uh, wants to start uh, uh, a sled dogging on, on rec skate league, I'm in. I feel like I've
0: came up and, with a really good Send your good video idea, content
1: man. into uh sled dogs at sleddogs.com.
0: That's it it's so niche it just might work. It might. It might take just off.
1: Like, be careful out there though, because if your dog gets going Jeff's dogs can fucking haul ass. I've too. I've
0: heard I've heard Jeff's dog's yeah. been responsible for a couple of a couple of spills and on his yeah. behalf.
1: Jeff Jeff skates fast so you already know how it's fast he skates and then like add his dog just going full bore. Yeah they're they're a scary pair. They might yeah. they might actually take it. I might be right I and mean, you seen like Jeff will do tricks while being towed by his dog there's some outtakes in like at the end of like official I think where Jeff like does top acid while his dog's pulling him
0: I probably have seen that and I've just yeah. forgot it okay
1: he's talented like that though yes. Works for it. it's, it's infuriating.
0: I've, I've got one more question and then I'll let you go yeah of course what's your favorite bleeder gang film
1: Damn. Uh, I mean it's probably gonna be Bill's, the one that they made of Billy. Uh the or maybe maybe one of Montre's. But shit, they made a lot. Erod's made a lot. I'll the give, you, bo- I'll give
0: saw, you bonus points if you can actually name one.
1: Is it is it duo?
0: All right, okay, all right. You get you got the damn. I was really, duo? I yes it was called just you man uh the
1: uh the blader gang stuff is like such an interesting like perspective on skating too because it's almost like the rap video like music video kind of look it's, Which is yeah not not to throw anyone under any buses or like like this is totally without like taking a stab at anyone but uh um uh who's the guy who made the state of the art? Jonas
0: Jonas Jonas Hansen.
1: Yeah, it's not unlike that to me. So like if you're not putting skate sounds in your video and it's very cinematic and it's got like a soundtrack like that and it looks like it's like so professionally filmed that those two books are very similar. So like the Blader Gang look and like Jonas Hansen's look are like in my mind really similar. And I think that is like something that people really love. Like they love that really like highly cinematic look. Um, it's, it's for a certain crowd, you know, like, I think we need to have things that look like that. And then we also need to have things that look like, I don't know, like the Haitian bag stuff, looked, or like, you know, now like the stuff that like Greg does or like super eight, you know, or like really lo fi like, you know, the, the thing that we'll, will say is like, um Skate sounds are important.
0: Skate <laughs> sounds are did. skate sounds are important. I don't
1: care how I don't care if you're filming with a red cam or like a whatever, but like not having skate sounds in a skate edit was the only part where I can like say like that's my critique. um But i the player Gang stuff's dope, dude. They fucking rip. Mon, shout out Montre, shout out fucking all those guys. They fucking do it. That was yeah. that was a really diplomatic
0: response. There's there's a future waiting for you in uh, in politics. I'll t- I'll yeah, tell you that.
1: I was I really, wish I was down with Blader Gang. Like you know, like come on, those guys, all those guys are super talented. I, and I think we have to have. I'll say this about sorry, people. I'll say this about like you know Blader game or like anything like all the different styles that we have of filming and, and showing skating. It's like. We have those so that people can connect and the guys and girls that connect out there with uh like something like a blader game video versus something like um i don't know like you know something like the them guys might make or like even like the you know the new the new mesmer video like those styles are so different and it gives you a place where you see yourself especially yeah. as a kid yeah and if you. In yourself can connect with that then it's a good thing um yeah. it doesn't have to be everyone's cup of tea soundtrack or the way it's filmed or whatever it doesn't have to be your cup of tea but we need to have diversity and we need to have variety uh so that our culture is open to everyone so i'm fucking down with it all it's definitely important people time. who make cinema quality shit like that so erod like shout out to him for making stuff like that shout out to jonas for making stuff like I watched state of the art and I was like, holy shit, this looks like it should be in a theater. But like
0: I mean the guy does make car right. adverts for a living, so he, he knows yeah, how to make totally. it look how to make it look uh as high I don't know what you would call that. High um oh my god. Uh what is that term? Highbrow nope. yeah, uh production no, sure. quality. I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like high production quality, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like I like that we have everything in between, um, my, I'll, I'll give you my hot take, uh, that is not about Blader Gang or, or anything like that. Is uh, I am just like, I, so I'm like starting to unfollow so much role content on Instagram because it's just too much. Save it, make a fucking project, make a magazine, save your photos, save your clips, just make something worthwhile. The, the the skate clips on the internet every goddamn day is enough. Sorry, I you can edit this no. out of the interview if you want to. Or no, you maybe, like I
0: get it. Like, see, like when people do that thing where they try and drip feed you a clip every day, or like, or like it's you can you can then wheels. tell that they've yeah oh, they've done like five tricks at a spot that day. But instead of just releasing it all, they're going to give oh, you like man. a nugget every day, or regurgitate them and bring them out. It's painful. Again, Painless. every other month, you're like. This is, I don't need to see this again, stop it.
1: It's painful, it's painful to have a fucking clip every day to like a song and the reels and the way that people are just like proliferating their material. It's just like, I wish I, it's my opinion. So like everyone, opinions are like assholes, everyone's got one. Just, I wish people just kind of like stocked up on their stuff and like waited and then released something of value that like really showed that they were spending their time and like and like caring for their for their skating and their you know I love like you know you're out and having a good time with the boys and you want to like put like one of your clips out sure but doing it every single day to like gain a following and like putting a fucking Jordan Peterson quote over the top of it. So like it gains traction. Like fucking what is that, man? Like, come on, come on, Mike, come on, really? Yep. Please stop it. Like public service announcement. It looks fucking lame. It sounds lame. Stop it maybe some maybe some people just need those they need those motivational quotes
0: in their life maybe they just need that that they need their bleeding clips they need their motivational speeches
1: no dude they don't but maybe they do maybe they do maybe that's the thing they need and and like more power to you but uh that's that's my only that's my only take i'll give you
0: i uh, 100 percent back that
1: Thank you. On that it. note,
0: I'll let you get back to your, your daily grind and dad life. And thank you very yeah. much for taking the time to do this today. It's been very entertaining. Very entertaining. I yeah, appreciate it.
1: Thanks, thanks for hitting me up. I'm I, I'm glad to get the opportunity. And I will my, my last thing before I go is if you're out there and you are into art and you're into design and you're into skating, make stuff, make as much things as you can. Make things that suck, make things that are awesome, fail succeed whatever it takes but don't stop making things because the new generation is going to need people that make things skating needs people that make so go out make stuff make teas, make magazines make videos and um enjoy yourself awesome Awesome. thank you very much take it easy bye